tells them the riddle and says, if you can find out the riddle, then I'll give you 30 garments of clothing. And they say, okay, well, if, if we don't find it out, then we'll give you 30 garments of clothing. And so they end up talking to his wife and saying, get Samson to tell us. And the wife comes to Samson and is like, nag, 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 until he then says, oh, this is what the riddle's about. It's about the honey and the lions. She goes back to them. They then say to him, oh, this is what it's about. They work it out. And then him, knowing that actually they found it out from his wife, they, uh, he still realizes that he's got to pay off a bet. So then in verse 19, it says, Then the Spirit of the Lord came upon him in power. He went down to Ashkelon, struck down 30 of their men, stripped them of their belongings, and gave their clothes to those who had, ex- he, who had explained the riddle. Burning with anger, he went up to his father's house, and Samson's wife was given to the friend who had attended him at his wedding. Then the chapters 15 starts with this, uh, with Samson basically goes, he goes to his wife's house and his wife's been given to this other person and then we get this period of like, Samson basically lights a load of foxtails, um, that's in 15 verse 3, light, he, like, ties their tails together, lights them up and then sets them off into their crops and their fields and it's all pretty mental, really. And then the Philistines are just like, who's done this? And then they start laying into all Samson's people. And Samson's like, oh, well, you've done this to me, so I'm going to do this to you. And, you, and they're like, well, you've done this to us. So I'm gonna, it's like proper year eight stuff. It's like, oh, well, he hit, he hit me, so, yeah, I pulled his hair. And he pulled my hair, so, you know, I did this. And it's just like, shut up, yeah? Grow up a bit. Not that I'd say this to Samson, because he'd probably deck me, but, you know. Um, so... In verse, so basically, then Samson ends up being captured from uh, by the people from Judah who are working, like they're working for the Philistines. And oh, is it too scary? <laughs> Sorry, right, it gets better. Okay, then so chapter fifteen, verse thirteen. Um, well, twelve. Basically, he's been captured, and he says that you'll. He's going to be tied down. They bound him up with two new ropes. That's important as well for later. Led him up to the rock. As he approached Lehi, the Philistines came towards him shouting. The Spirit of the Lord came upon him in power. The ropes on his arms became like charred flax, and the bindings dropped from his hands. So again, we kind of like, this also relates to some other stuff which we can bring out of this, which we won't necessarily go into today. But like, in fact, the Spirit of the Lord came upon him, and he broke free from these chains and stuff like that. So that's something which I'll just drop in there, just in case God wants to work that in your life. And so, the ropes in his arms become like charred flax, and the bindings drop from his hands. Finding a fresh jawbone of a donkey, like you do, he grabbed it and struck down a thousand men. (laughs) Then Samson said, with a donkey's jawbone, I've made donkeys of them. (laughs) Presume this is the clean version. Um, With a donkey's jawbone, I've killed a thousand men. When he finished speaking, he threw away the jawbone, and the place was called Ramath-Lehi, which means Jawbone Hill. Because he was, so at this point, notice that God basically came upon him in power. He like, killed all these people with a, like, a jawbone. And then all of a sudden he's just like, oh, look what I've done. I've like, made donkeys of these guys. I've done all this myself. And so it's, it's not particularly doing it for God's glory, um, even though that God's spirit is on him and stuff like that. And then all of a sudden, um, bless him, because he was thirsty... He cried out to the Lord, You have given your servant this great victory. Um, must I now die of thirst and fall into the hands of the uncircumcised? Then God opened up the hollow place in Lehi, and water came out of it. When Samson drank, his strength returned, and he revived. So the spring was called En Hakor, which means call a spring, and it's still there in Lehi. 
Then, and this is a, you know, a fairly good verse for Samson, he led Israel for 20 years in the days of the Philistines. So he spent 20 years leading the Israelites. And then the next verse, in chapter 16, one day, Samson, the leader of God's people, went to Gaza, where he saw a prostitute. Whoops. Uh, he went in to spend the night with her as well. Um, and then, basically, we get this whole situation where... Basically, the people are after her. Then he falls in love with Delilah, and this is where you probably know more about it um, if you've heard the story before when you've grown up. And basically, the people from the Philistines would say to Delilah, please find out why Samson's so flipping strong. And she'd go to Samson and just be like, oh, Samson, you're so strong. How would you get like this? And he'd be like, oh, well, if you just tie me up like this, she has to have that voice for some reason. Um, He's like, oh, if you just tie me up like this, then, like, then that would be, that'd be me gone. I'd be as weak as any other man, including Rich Crocombe, um, who's not here. So hopefully he won't be listening to this on the podcast. Sorry, mate. Um, and so basically this happens a couple of times. Firstly, with some, like, bowstrings, and he falls asleep. She ties him up. The Philistines come in, and then he's just like, boom, I'm fine, actually. And then he does it again with new ropes, which we heard before that he'd actually already been tied up in before, and so he knew that he'd be fine. But he said, oh, yeah, if you tie me up in new ropes, then, like, yeah, I'll be as weak as any other man. And so, and then he falls asleep, she ties him up, the Philistines come in, he's like, yeah, it's fine, bam, see you later. Happens again, and then the last time, he says, actually, it's because I'm a Nazarite. Actually, it's because I've been set apart from God, um, from God, for God, and, and then actually... Um, if you cut my hair, then I would be as weak as any other man. And so she realized that actually he'd... Uh, so basically, this is like his first wife. It was like she just nagged and nagged and nagged and nagged and nagged. And then he was like, actually, I will tell you then. Actually, it doesn't matter that God's kind of like set me apart. Actually, your nagging's too much. And so, so basically, she cut his hair, tied him up, and then, lo and behold, he, he awoke from his sleep when the Philistines came in, and he couldn't because, because his hair was chopped off and it says here in verse 20 it says he awoke from his sleep and said i'll go out as before and shake myself free but he did not know that the lord had left him then the philistine seized him gouged out his eyes and took him down to gaza binding him with bronze shackles they set him to grinding in the prison but the hair on his head began to grow again after it had been shaved then then we cut to samson's death so basically they, all the rulers of the Philistines, they, like, they had Samson in prison. They brought him out to entertain them. And they were like, so verse 25, bring out Samson to entertain us. It's almost like bear baiting and stuff like that. It's just like, bring out this guy to entertain us. So they called him out and he performed for them. And then this is the last bit. When they stood him among the pillars, Samson said to the servant who held his hand, put me where I can feel the pillars that support the temple so that I may lean against them. Now the temple was crowded with men and women. All the rulers of the Philistines were there, and on the roof were about 3,000 men and women watching Samson perform. Then Samson prayed to the Lord, O sovereign Lord, remember me. O God, please strengthen me just once more, and let me with one blow get revenge on the Philistines for my two eyes. Then Samson reached out towards the two central pillars on which the temple stood, bracing himself against them, his right hand on one, his left hand on the other. Samson said, Let me die with the Philistines. Then he pushed with all his might, and down came the temple on the rulers and the temp- all the people in it. Thus he killed many more when he died than when he lived. Okay, now I appreciate that that was quite a, 
um, a substantial amount of words. And if, if you can read that, then that's great. Um, it's supposed to be size 32 font, but it's actually size 18. So hopefully you at the back can read it. So now I've done all that. Basically, I've got, we could learn like loads of stuff from Samson's life, but basically I want to pick out three points. The first point, and this is the next slide, um, I think it's just got the title and maybe a few of it. Yeah, the next bit on. Okay, Samson didn't earn his gifts. It's all about grace. So actually, when Samson was conceived, his parents didn't seemingly actually warrant having a child or anything like that. It doesn't sound like they'd actually done anything to be rewarded with a kid. And Samson certainly hasn't been rewarded for anything that he's done in having all of these gifts. And, you know, and these were pretty cool gifts, actually. I mean, the fact that he just had this superhuman strength. I mean, that's a pretty great gift to be getting. But actually, Samson hadn't done anything to warrant it. And in the same way that Samson's birth wasn't, um, it was extraordinary and it was just by grace. So in our, in our way, you know, we're new creations, you know, that's just by grace. There's no, there's no actually like, you know, we don't deserve it in any way. His parents didn't deserve to have a kid. He didn't deserve to have all these gifts that God had given him. And actually, in the same way, you and I, I mean, I mean me and uh, Ray and Juliet, we joke about the fact that a couple of, um, a couple of prayer meetings ago, basically, we got told we were, we were rubbish, um, which is basically like about God's grace in it, that actually like none of us warrant it. And, uh, but I just thought I'd mention that in there as well. But actually, like, it's God's grace in everything that makes it, makes it all fine. And it's not like with the gifts, the spiritual gifts and stuff like that, it's not like God's like, oh, yeah, well, you've, you've done, like, a quiet time for, you know, every day this week, so, you know, have a gift of prophecy. Or you, you helped um, an old woman across the road, so, you know, have some tongues. Like, he's not like that. He's not, just, he's not just giving you gifts because you've done good things. But actually, it's, it's because of his grace that you receive any gifts. And yeah, sure, there's definitely a, a call upon us to steward our gifts well. I'm not saying that there's, there's not. But actually, we need to recognize that all the gifts that we have, um, whether they're gifts of hospitality, leadership, servant, serving, and all of those ones, it's just a gift from God. And, and in the same way, Samson had done nothing to deserve his gift before, he, and let's face it, he didn't do anything to deserve his gift during his time either. So it's not, it's not like, you know, he messed up once and he um, was, was just like, he did that thing with the riddle where he used his superhuman strength to actually like bash a load of people in and take their clothes to pay off a debt. And it's not like God was like, well, actually, you've used your gift for, for wrong there. So actually, I'm, you know, no more gift for you, mate. And in the same way, if you mess up, you know, throughout your Christian life, and let's face it, we all do. And actually, God's not just going to take those gifts away from you. He's so much more gracious than that, and we need to understand that. So, Samson, was a, he was a product of God's grace, and he knew that, about the gifts that God had given him. And so he had great potential to do, like, great things in God. And, and in the same way, like, we have great potential to do great things for God as well. Right, so potential. It's one of the words I most use on end-of-term reports. Um, you know, stuff like Jimmy's not quite working to his full potential. Uh, Susie, if she stopped talking so much, maybe she'd actually reach her full potential. Paula has no potential at all, you know, that sort of thing. <laughs> you know. 
I've, I had to make sure that I didn't actually use names of kids, and so that's why I've actually written them down, because I think it would be quite easy for me to actually name actual kids. And so I thought I'd better just avoid that. So Samson had a lot of potential, but actually we find that he ends up stripped of all, of all, the, like, all his God-given abilities. He was blind and suicidal. Like, where did it all go wrong? And the next bit, you can skip through them. The next bit is, it's like newsflash, you can be incredibly gifted and still mess it up. So Samson put himself in situations which he knew were wrong. I mentioned as I went through about the vineyards. Now, Samson knew that actually he wasn't supposed to be drinking wine. And I'm not, it doesn't actually say that he drank any wine or anything like that. But you're, you're half thinking, well, you're actually putting yourself into a situation where God's called you not to be. And then we said about the dead carc as well. And it's that point where, and I think this might be the next. Yeah, so sometime later when he went back to marry her, he turned aside. So it's almost like he's walking along. And then it's that turning aside to look at the lion's carcass. And in the same way, I think that a lot of us, you know, in our walk with God and stuff like that, suddenly it's just like you turn aside and you look at what you shouldn't be looking at. And you kind of entertain that idea you entertain that sin, that habit, that thought pattern. And it's a place where you shouldn't be going. And some of us are, like, are doing that in our lives. Even, like, even today, even this past week. We're actually, we know that we should be walking on our, along our life like this. And then suddenly it's like we look aside and actually that bit looks more attractive. And the thing was that actually, and this is the next bit, that Samson valued the sin in his life more than the God in his life. So he was there walking along, and actually what, and this is the same for him over and over again. Actually, he was, he chose sin over God. He valued it more than he did value God. He was like, okay, well, thanks for the gift, God, but actually, this Delilah, she's really hot. And, and he's like, God, you're great, but at this moment in time, this thought or this habit that I'm kind of involved in is more attractive to me. Now, I don't know what that thing is for you, but, you know, God deserves our best. Samson wasted his potential on practical jokes, getting out of scrapes, paying off debts, and ultimately gave it all up for this woman. Make sure you don't do the same. If God, if God has gifted you in any way, which he has, then you need to make sure that you use it for his glory. Thankfully, Samson's story isn't just about him being really gifted and then messing up. Because if that was the message, then we'd all go out to the sunny afternoon not feeling great about ourselves. Okay? But thankfully, actually, God is a lot more gracious than that. And there's a lot more hope for us in God when we do mess up. Because, let's face it, we do. And so the next side is the third and final point. God can use a person in spite of their mistakes. God can use a person. He can restore a person in spite of their failures. By the end, we see that Samson had his eyes gouged out. Right? He was in prison and he was brought out to entertain the rulers of the Philistines. He was being mocked. And then Samson turned to the Lord even in his mess. And actually, it was especially in his mess. He says, 
and this should be the next bit. O sovereign Lord, remember me, strengthen me one more time. He was done with all the jokes and all those sort of things. He just wanted to use God's gift one more time. In spite of Samson messing up a considerable amount, making a joke of his gifts, and not treating God with much honour, he turned to him in his hour of need. God is that gracious that actually, despite us messing up all the time, when you turn back to him, he actually will respond. You know, we're going to be taking communion later, and actually that's a sign that we recognise that what Jesus did on the cross for us, and that grace that he's given us to actually know the Father, that actually it doesn't matter what we've done, we're new creations. And actually Jesus died to defeat sin, to defeat, like to get rid of all that shame. And in fact, we should never think that because we're in a right mess that we're too far from God. We should never think that actually, well, you know what, God, I've done, I've done this, I've done that, I've done the other. You know, I'm actually too far, actually. Like, I'm not sure that your, your dying on the cross covers this bit. Actually, there's nothing that, is, that his death on the cross won't cover. And there should be nothing which you should be thinking, you might be even thinking about it right now, you might be thinking, ah, but I've done this. Like, there's nothing, absolutely nothing. And in fact, Samson actually ended up fulfilling his calling in a small way. So, at the end, we read before at the start that he was called to deliver the Israelites from the Philistines. Actually, in that moment, when he was at the end, he actually began to rescue Israel from the Philistines. And this is the point that I want to make. God can restore you and he can use you even after you fail. It was at that moment when he was... You don't need that slide on. It was at that point when... I don't even think this is up there. Don't bother about it. When he was blind, he had his eyes gouged out, he was being mocked, he was being beaten, and everyone was just like, this was the man of God, this was the leader of the Israelites... And actually, at that moment, that's when Samson's greatest feat came. It wasn't when he was bashing people's heads in with the donkey jawbones or anything like that. It was at that moment, because it said that at the, very, at the very end, it said he killed many more when he died than whilst he lived. And that was his purpose. He fulfilled his purpose far more at that moment. In his weakest moment, he fulfilled God's purpose far more than in, in what humanly would have been his strongest point. And actually, God uses the weak people of this earth to shame the wise. And he uses us because of his grace and because actually his glory is shown through weak people. And so, and you know, and you can relate that back to, you know, when, when Jesus died on the cross, like... As one of the words, it might have been Peter, or it was either Peter or Nick, was talking about when Jesus was on the cross and he was being mocked and, and all those things, that actually it was at that moment when he achieved everything for us. And, you know, that's just amazing that actually in, as, as the human, as man looks on and kind of sees, you know, this is, this is the end, this is like rubbish... 
Actually, it's at that moment when God does his most. So if you're feeling weak here this morning, if you're feeling like actually like you've not got a lot to give, if you're feeling like actually there's a lot of things in your life which you're really struggling with, do you know what? Like God will use you in your weakness. God will use you in that, not just, not just in spite of it, he'll use you in it. And so, as we conclude, like Samson understood that in the end he was born of grace he may have messed up he may have struggled with a load of things but actually God used him he ends up in the Hebrews hall of faith in that bit in Hebrews in chapter 11 um, verse 32 it talks about Samson um, being a great man of faith now having read about him over the last week or so there's not a great deal which I can be like oh well he's a really good role model for me to have like I really want to you know kind of take on board a lot of what he's what he's done but actually you know in, in God's grace is over it all and actually he ends up achieving loads for God even in his weaknesses so he was born of grace he may have messed up struggled with a whole host of things but actually God still used him by grace in the same way may we too recognize that we are born of grace we're gifted by grace We may mess up and struggle with a whole host of things, but actually, God can use us. And let's not wait till, like Samson, till we're dying to actually realize this, that God can actually use you. Through Jesus' death on the cross, we can enter into God's throne room through nothing that we've done, but just because of everything that he's done. And actually, we can know the love of the Father. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, we can fulfill our potential, and step into God's purposes for our lives. Okay, I'm just going to pray, and then Sasha's going to come and uh, lead us in some communion. Okay, Lord Jesus, I want to thank you so much for what you've done for us. Lord, I want to thank you that we are children of grace. Lord, that we're here here this morning just because of your grace upon us. And so, Lord, we just, uh, as we gather around your table, Lord Jesus, we just, uh, we just thank you so much for what you did for us. And Lord, we just accept your grace, knowing that actually there's, there's nothing that, that we've done, there's nothing that we can do to actually deserve it any more now than before.